on today's episode of the Cross Promo Pro Wrestling Podcast. We're going to be going over the results of AEW Collision. Tony Khan talks about WWE and Warner Brothers Discovery. AEW star set to return from injury. Tony Khan speaks about MJF uh, and his removal from the roster page. We're going to be talking about match of the night and match of the week. We reveal our uh, follower shout out. Well, nothing left to do but put on your ring gear. Lace up your boots. Step through those ropes. And ref, ring the bell. Podcast is set for at least one hour. Introducing your hosts from Fort Worth, Texas, at a total combined weight of 430 pounds, Kevin and Chris Newell, the Cross Promo Pro Wrestling Podcast. Cross Promo Pro Wrestling Podcast, everyone. I'm Kevin. And I'm Chris. And we are one of the father and son combo tag teams in Pro Wrestling Podcasts. I want to welcome you guys to the show. It's uh, been a wonderful first week of the 2024 year in professional wrestling. A lot of things already kicking off in WWE. It's Royal Rumble season. We're gearing up for that. Uh, in Impact, of course, they're gearing up to for the change of the name, going back to TNA and gearing up for Hard to Kill, uh, their upcoming pay-per-view here in a couple, and I believe next week or, yes, next week. And, uh, of course, AEW still going out and talking about a pay-per-view that's going to be coming out in August. And, uh, of course, a lot of drama going on within and behind the scenes. So, um, again, uh, we did put it out on TikTok earlier, uh, that we are in the middle of voting for match of the week, and we're going to rely on you guys and see how this goes. Uh, if we don't get a definitive vote in by the end of the show, then we'll reveal it on Monday, what match of the week was. Or whenever we record Monday anyway. When we record on Monday, of course, yes. But on Monday, we'll know for sure, for sure as far as what your guys' vote is as far as match of the week. So, let's get into uh, what happened on uh, AEW's uh, Saturday edition of AEW Collision. Collision. All right. So, it was the January 6th edition coming from the Bojangles Coliseum in Charlotte, North Carolina. They're in flair country, so why not kick things off with the man himself, Ric Flair, come out. I was about to say, that, that's why he came out. Well, it is his hometown, so why not? So, of course, uh, Ric Flair comes out, and uh, who comes out following? 
none other than his old friends Sting and Darby Allen, getting ready to go up in a match, a tag match against uh, what was it, Henry and Drake, the uh, workhorsemen, in a tag match. Uh, of course, this match uh, they try to isolate Darby Allen in the ring. Did uh, the workhorsemen did uh, cut, doing what? what's best as far as tag teams go you, you want to cut the ring in half keep the uh, one guy away from his partner uh, but it didn't it didn't last very long because soon Darby tagged in Sting and pretty much it was all over uh, Sting picking up the win for the team by pinning Drake and uh, this leaves Sting still undefeated according to AEW's records he is now 26 and 0 but as far as the whole new year turns around, Sting is 1-0. Darby Allen is 1-1. One one. Uh, Henry and Drake both at 0-1. Uh, following, uh, following that, it didn't take no time at all. They jumped into uh, the next match. Chris, go ahead and give us what happened there in that next match. It was Trent Beretta against Eddie Kingston for the Continental title the Continental Crown title that he won uh, kind of at the end of right, the tournament. Right, right. This is his first title defense for it. Yeah. Uh, and he's now 1-0 and because of that. Trent Beretta is 1-1. One one. Uh, this was another one that we had up for a match of the night. Okay. Lots of back and forth. Uh, there were some points where it was just constant reversals. Um, they focused more on what, it, what seemed like grappling instead of aerial stuff. Uh, so I guess all around good match, I would say. Yeah, uh, fairly a fairly decent and good match. Well, remember we were this was one that we were going to end up saying for match of the night. Right. And then you know F, FTR came in and they were like, you know what? Uh, well I, I don't know. Okay, I'll just still make the joke about them having their fourth thing. For oh match yeah, of the we'll week. we'll go into that. Uh. Eddie Kingston retained by pinfall, and there was also a part during the match where he ended up getting, well, not uh, Eddie Kingston, but Trent Beretta ended up bleeding from the nose uh, after a chop. Yeah, it was a chop to the face is what he did. Uh, and it was, his mom was ringside in the audience. Yeah. Um, that was, it was very random, too, to, to see that, that Trent Beretta's mom was at ringside. It was very random. Uh, but a good successful defense. I mean, Trent Beretta one and one, and of course Eddie Kingston one and zero. We went into a couple of promos here and an interview. Uh, in the first interview, you had Tony Schiavone interviewing Willow and Chris uh, Willow Nightingale and Chris Statlander, and was asked about because uh, of last night on Rampage, and I made note of that when we uh, talked about our show uh, yesterday about uh, Stokely being a little uh cringy creepy yeah uh willow just flat out saying yeah it's it's a bit weird and chris statlander agreed i mean she was one that slapped him in the back of his head and then he's over here uh just saying hey why'd you do that my mama's watching um then immediately they both of them in agreeance saying that 2024 it's their year so, I don't know what's going to happen this year. Is I mean, is AEW 
I want to know what your thoughts is on this. Is AEW getting ready for a women's tag division? Because they're over here just putting out belts left and right, it seems, last year. Because you had, um, of course, you had the Continental title. And I think at one point they changed the, uh, what was it, the Mid-Atlantic title to the International title. And then they had the Continental title. That just got introduced. Yeah, that just got introduced. So, I mean, are we going to be seeing a women's tag division anytime soon? I wouldn't be surprised. It really does look like they're building to it with uh, Statlander and Nightingale. And don't forget about... um, Julia Hart and uh, Sky Blue. Exactly. Um, Also, of course, the Outcasts. Can't count them out either. Uh, and then also I almost forgot about Tony Khan introducing a Ring of Honor uh, World's Women's Television title as well. So, I mean, honestly, it's getting to be to where it's too many titles. We have so many we have to keep up with. Because, I mean, let's quickly just, before we continue on, run down the list. You have your AEW World title. You have your women's AEW Women's World title. You have the World's tag team champions you have the world's trios tag team champions you have the tbs title the tnt title the international title and the, now the continental title you have eight titles within this promotion now if we were to go ahead and play devil's advocate here or not devil's advocate but do the obvious and compare it to wwe you have the men's world title the women's world title the wwe undisputed universal title or basically wwe title is what i'm just going to start calling it because i mean let's call it like it is and the uh, wwe women's title you have the uh then this is just the main roster titles okay we're not counting nxt these are just the main roster titles uh you have the women's world uh, the women's tag titles you have which the, now spans across all three brands all three brands uh you have the u.s title the internet and the intercontinental title you almost said international and I, know, I almost said international but you have seven titles in wwe but no mid-card title for the women's and no second tag title for smackdown if we're looking at main rosters because i mean if we're going to do a brand split, let's do it evenly and and equally, you know? Because, I mean, I talked about this. If the women's division in AEW already has a mid-card title and it's the TBS title, I mean, WWE needs to get a women's mid-card title and uh, uh, another women's tag title. You know, you can't just have one title going across three brands. It just causes confusion. I mean, they did it in the first brand split. You had a world tag team champion in Raw and then a WWE tag team championship on SmackDown. You had it fairly even. The only thing that wasn't even was the women's division. So, I mean, if we're going to do this, do this evenly, do this fair, and make the the titles make sense. Not have several singles titles. So, that was enough of my uh, TED talk there. Thank uh, you for coming to our TED talk. Yeah. A, uh, next we had on AEW's collision, going back to that, 
uh, we had a promo package video, and it was Hook uh, saying he's going to be going, why not go after another title? I mean, he is the current FTW title. Oh, there's nine titles right there. Uh, you, you almost forgot about that one. I almost forgot about that one. So we got nine titles in, in AEW. Uh, but he says he's going to go after Samoa Joe and the AEW world title. Now that's... Uh, I, I guess we'll see how it goes. That's pretty big for for Hook. He hasn't gotten any other uh, mid-card title or anything like that. All right. Um, next up, we had another match. It was Commander and Brian Keith taking on... Uh, Mike Bennett and Matt Taven represented, representing the newly formed Undisputed Kingdom. God, I love that faction. Man. I really do. Uh, this is going to be their first title defense, I believe, as Ring of Honor. Uh, no, this was a uh, what was it? Prove yourself kind of match. Proving ground match, I think. Uh, for the Ring of Honor uh, tag titles. Uh, now. Um, Again, this was the first. This was the first official match for this faction to be represented in. And um, there, during the match, there was an interesting arm drag combo that Commander and Keith did, where Keith is facing uh, Mike Bennett, and Commander gets on top of Keith's shoulders and immediately does this kind of arm drag because Keith. Uh, Bennett is sitting on top of the turnbuckle. And then Commander does this crazy arm drag. So I, I mean, it was it was something never seen before. That's that's why I bring it up because it was something that blew my mind. I don't, I don't know about what you thought of the match. I liked it. We we got we got Luchador in it. So yeah. Uh, so of course Mike Bennett, Matt Taven successfully retaining their titles, being one and zero. Uh, both Commander and Brian Keith still not off to a good start for the year. They are both now 0-2. Um, when they say hit the ground running, they didn't mean it like that. Uh, after the match, you had another interview that happened. Go ahead, Chris. You had Bullet Club Gold being asked uh, and the acclaim sort of about the kind of Having to read the notes. Uh, Bullet Club Gold was being interviewed about who really had dibs on who on the Undisputed Kingdom. Uh, and, and at some point they claimed to come out and Anthony, Anthony Bowens was talking about them teaming up and sort of being a faction. To, to kind of help them combine the acclaimed and Bullet Club Gold, which would give them a better chance against the uh, undisputed kingdom. Very well, could be. I mean, there's I mean, all, there would be only five of them in total, though. Yeah, because Bullet Club Gold—that's what four guys, if I remember right. Bullet Club Bullet Club Gold is four guys, then plus three, so you're really automatically outnumbering them. Yeah, they, I mean, by themselves, they're both outnumbered, but if they team up, they'll outnumber them. Yeah, I think in a way you'll probably see less since, um, what's his face, got injured. Juice? Juice. Juice Robinson had gotten injured. A uh, bullet called Gold is short a guy. And 
Billy Gunn probably won't be doing much in-ring stuff. So you've got Anthony Bowens and Max Caster. So really, it's even. It would be an even five-on-five. So you're probably looking at, if this ever were to progress, and Adam Cole comes back from, recuperates from his injuries, we could possibly see a blood and guts match involved between these guys. Uh, you, you want the next one, or should I go over no, go ahead. the Continue. promo? Um, then we had an in-ring, in-ring promo that ended up turning into a match with Adam Copeland saying that he automatically has a rematch for the title since he's a former champion. Yeah, makes sense. It might not have lasted long, but it, it's true. Yeah. Uh, he said that he'll, he'll earn the title shot anyway, and then that's when he issued an open challenge which Griff Garrison ended up accepting. It resulted in a loss, but he accepted it. Uh, his first loss on AEW for the year and Adam Copeland's first victory of the year, making him 1-0 and Garrison 0-1. It ended after Griff Garrison tapped out. Uh, you also kind of had uh, Maria Canellis Bennett, who I think used to be with the Kingdom, yeah. and, and Cole Carter distracting... Adam Copeland since they were at ringside. Yeah. Uh, it was a pretty good match. Yeah. And, um, it would be an interesting kind of thing here for Adam Copeland to do. Uh, kind of do an open challenge, just probably getting matches with uh, younger, younger talent and everything. All right. Well, I'm just checking our. Uh, the comments i'm checking the comments for video for uh votes but no one's voted yet all we're getting is uh all we're getting is likes i mean i don't know how much more clear we could have made it i mean we've gotten 58 views on the video and uh you know we could have done come to think of it we where we kind of pick one we were wanting we were me and you both agree on one for match of the night and then if you like the video that means you're voting for that and then comments would be one of the others nah I kind of like I I see what you're saying yeah um but but then again counting likes it wouldn't matter because people would just like it because it's our content yeah that is true alright well uh continuing on we had uh Sting Darby Allen and Ric Flair uh in the back uh, talking about AEW's homecoming in Jacksonville, Florida where it all where AEW all started and uh, talking about uh, Sting and Darby Allen's upcoming match against uh, Don Callis the Don Callis family uh, and they seem pretty confident too after picking up a win at the beginning of the sh- at the top of the show uh, next we had in a ma- uh, singles match Sky Blue taking on Kiera Hogan uh, in what was a hard-fought match, but uh, Kiera Hogan sadly had to lose this match because she had to submit to a submission hold that was looked pretty dang painful from what I saw. Uh, of course, Sky Blue picking up the first win for her uh, 2024 year. Kiera Hogan getting handed her first loss. Uh so immediately after commercial break, we get a promo video package of Serena Deeds um, saying she is now that she is fully recovered because she had suffered from uh, a concussion earlier la- or late last year uh, or middle of last year. 
uh, saying she is fully recovered and is ready to return to take on the women's division and put them on notice. Is that the return that was in the news, the AEW injury no, return? No, that actually was not. That's more to come. Uh, next, we had a match against uh, Claudio Castanoli and what looked to be a uh, local wrestler, Andrew Everett. Now, uh, it, before the match, they played a... Uh, a video interview with Claudio who immediately called out Hangman Adam Page saying, you know, uh, you go around and he's making, basically talking to him like an idiot. See this two, uh, see the split screen right here, Adam Page, where you can see the match of where I'm dominating right now. And this right here is me talking about you. He's talking to him like an idiot. He goes, well, in, in this case, I'm challenging you to a match and it's going to be next week. And I believe it's going to be on Dynamite. Uh, called him out. Basically saying, you're over here searching for a fight. Okay, you've got one. So saddle up, cowboy. And then it goes to the match. Now, uh, during the match, at one point in the match, Claudio was getting ready to do, do a mid-air European uppercut. But uh, I guess Andrew Everett kind of misjudged. Uh where he was going to be trying to jump on the Claudio or whatever. It didn't work out so well. No, he ever. ate the mat like immediately. Sank to the sank to the sank to the mat really quick. Uh, but Claudio was able to pick up the win by pinfall, starting off his year one and zero, uh, and Andrew Everett's record zero and one. Next up, Chris, you we had an interview from the uh, AEW World Tag Team Champions. Uh, you had St Big Bill and Ricky Starks talking about how they were going to destroy Sammy, and if somehow they man that Sammy managed to win, then there would be a, I think if they said a street fight, on collision. Okay. Uh, you want me to do the main talk about the the main event? Well, thing, let or? me uh, hang on. Let me change it up because the main event ended up becoming match of the night. Collision. On collision, yes. Match of the night. We had Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler FTR against Malachi Malachi Black and Buddy Matthews well, or let me, House of Black. Let me pause you for a second there. This is the fourth time that FTR has been on our match of segment here. Whether it be match of the night, match of the week, match of the month, match of the year, whatever. This is the fourth time they've been on here. So this says something about FTR be, being on match of the night or on this match of segment. So I truly agree and I said it in our TikTok. They are definitely living legends. The, the match pace kind of started slow, very deliberate. Uh, then at one point, I remember, there, uh, I think it was Malachi Black. He dodged and then sat down, which was then followed by da Dax Harwood kind of copying that. He sat down the same way and then just kind of flipped him the bird. Yeah, flipped but immediate, but uh, it was like right after that. Uh, I believe it was Buddy Matthews that went to go mess with uh, Dax Harwood's family, his wife and daughter. And immediately, that kind of broke Dax Harwood out of the ring and also uh, Cash Wheeler to kind of keep 
keep them bo uh, both uh, away from Dax Harwood's wife and daughter. Uh, yeah, that's what it says here, too, on the notes. Then, at one point, there was a pile driver to the apron. And then, I think, if I remember right, somebody got kind of tossed on at the table. And the side came off, and then the, the cover came off of it, too. The table didn't explode, but yeah, it started coming off. Yeah, the side in the, in the tabletop, yeah. See. Then, at one point, Brody King tried to interfere, but... Daniel Garcia interfered with the interference. Hmm. It's kind of funny when you think about it. Uh, and he took out Brody King, which then kind of helped them. Uh, not that. By them, I mean FTR. Uh, FTR won when Dax pinned uh, Matthews. However, I guess House of Black didn't take it too good, or maybe they were just trying to flat out end FTR. So they ended up attacking them and Daniel Garcia anyway. And at some point, Julia Hart started a 10-bell salute. Yeah. To basically so, declare that they were dead or something like that. Um, but it was, mean, but that, that's what had it become match of the night. Because, I mean, it, it, it started off at a nice, slow, good pace. And they were just, they weren't doing any flashy moves. They were doing textbook map wrestling moves. Uh, and then it progressed gradually more and more. Ended up outside the ring. Malachi Black doing some aerial, uh, aerial, aerial moves. Sorry. And uh, um, of course, I mean, the taunting between the two. Of course, and then they show uh, Dax Harwood's wife and daughter every now and then. Uh, I guess it was family night. At AEW, you had bring your family to work. Bring day. your family to work day, so uh, yeah. So that's ended up being uh, our match of the night. So that that pretty much ends the week. We've got six matches. So uh, still yeah. checking in on the voting, and there is it, it's nothing. We're still at no votes whatsoever here. Uh, kind of wondering if this was the right way to go about it. I mean, we couldn't immediately put it out earlier in the very early in the day because we haven't seen Collision yet, so we couldn't vote on match of the uh, match of the week without the ending of the day uh, ending of the week on a Saturday. So, uh, and we've only already got 216 views. So, I mean, if it, if this uh, if the voting um, if we get to the end of the show and we don't get a single vote or anything that's definitive as far as a fair vote then uh, we'll have to declare uh, match of the week on our Monday episode or, yeah or, uh, after we get done watching Raw and everything and start over with a whole new week to pick out match of the week alright well with that being said actually uh, I'm thinking I think that makes a bit more sense than just announcing it at the end of the week yeah well Again, we're doing a whole new thing here, kind of shaking things up differently than what we did last year. So, like I said at the uh, very first episode of the year, new year, new show. So, we're still working out some things. So, we may go ahead and do that as far as the voting aspect. But uh, um, we'll see what happens over the week, over the rest of the weekend here, and uh, we'll get the we'll probably get more of an answer on Monday, and then we can present match of the night and then match of the week. So 
looking forward to that. Um, now, normally I would go into the uh, This Day in History segment, but as I was trying to get notes for it, I realized uh, I had read Matt, uh, This Day in History for uh, uh, the ones that I read yesterday were meant for today. So uh, we time traveled. Apparently, we, yeah, we time traveled. We became one of the Simpson writers um, <laughs> and creators and just went on from there. Uh, so what we'll just do immediately right now is just head into um, we'll just head into our news segment today in pro wrestling news. All right. Uh, and with it being the end of the week, it was a bit of a slow news day. So uh, we'll have uh, probably not have that many news stories. So it may be a short episode for you guys today. Uh, Chris, you got the first news story. So kick it off. Uh, we had Tony Khan talking about WWE. Uh, I guess, r- according to rumors or report by reports, talking to Warner Brothers Discovery. And he, when he was asked, uh, well, well, well there, there's a direct quote later on here, but he said, "I'm jumping around." Uh, yeah, I know because it's rare that you see Tony Khan talk about WWE so much. And still be surprised. Yeah. Still have big eyes about it. But uh, AW's sort of, I guess, rights to to the shows are kind of they're up for renewal. Mm-hmm. So they could end up moving, they might not. Right. Uh, in fact, some of WWE shows, uh, SmackDown and NXT have already moved. Yes. They've moved to uh, SmackDown has moved to USA. And with SmackDown moving to USA, Raw's going to need to find a new home. And if I remember right, and tell me if I'm wrong, NXT being go, uh, moved to the CW network? Yeah, that's okay. correct. Okay, okay. Uh, let's see. Then, uh, when he was asked about it, uh, here's a quote. Uh, it's part of sports. I think everybody discusses contract and free agency and things of that nature. I think everybody is aware that everybody, he said everybody a lot, <laughs> everybody is going to be talking to everybody in the media or in media this coming year. There will certainly be a lot of opportunities. We've had a great history with Warner Brothers Discovery and continue to produce great ratings. We'll be in a very good position next year. End quote. Sorry, the the comment of great ratings. I've been seeing reports that ratings have been, towards the end of the year last year, had not been so good. So I don't know who's lying to Tony Khan there. Probably the guys that probably gave him the happy medication to make his eyes so big or whatever. I don't know. This comes from, uh, basically he said this because I guess maybe there's rumors that WWE might end up on one of AEW's networks, which would be weird. And it means they might end up having to change some of their their mid-card titles. Uh, uh, God willing. Yeah. Meaning the TBS and the TNT titles? Yeah. Uh, because WWE, well, is 
TBS and TNT under Warner Bros. Yeah, Discovery? they like, are. Both of them or just one? Both. Oh. Yeah, they would have to change it, definitely. They would. I mean, let's just change the TBS title to the uh, international women's title and just drop the TNT title. Or merge the TNT title with the international title. Either or. Uh, and it also looks like WWE has been talking to Warner Brothers Discovery about possibly putting Raw on one of those networks. So that's always where that could be going. Yeah. I mean, there's no telling what will happen with the history of that. Um, and we're still sticking on AEW. Uh, a popular star is expected to return here from injury. Uh, of course, this was all brought up by Dave Meltzer confirming on his... Uh, show the wrestling observer radio uh that aew star Pac will be coming back from injury uh since his injury in july and it wasn't specified as to what type of injury he sustained oh he was in that uh what was it it wasn't stadium stampede it was that other one it was the blood and guts match. blood and guts i was yeah. I know it was something with uh, Blackpool Combat Club. Yeah, he was supposed to have, uh, I think he teamed with them or something. And ended up walking out halfway through. Yeah, because I think he got injured again or something. Uh, but his last match, actually, was a win over Gravity on an episode of Dynamite back in July. And um, I believe that's where he sustained that injury. Uh, his return match from that injury that he sustained, it was during that Blood and Guts match. So his return, and then he goes off and uh, gets injured like a week later, a week or two later. So a uh, little history that Pac has been with the promotion since its birth, basically, in uh, 2019. Uh, he is also the first AEW International Champion that, uh, like, right after they changed it from the uh, All-Atlantic title. Uh, he held it for over 100 days and then lost it to Orange Cassidy in October of uh, 2022. All right. Um, I'm still sticking with AEW. Tony Khan finally is being asked about the whole issue with MJF being removed from the roster uh, roster page on their website. Chris, you have more on that? Uh, well, you remember when that whole thing happened, right? It, it was... It, it was, was immediately after he lost at World's End, if I remember correctly. So, like, right around New Year's time. Mm -hmm. So... A lot. We mean you thought maybe he was going to WWE or he, he wasn't resigning or something. And well, it's been a long while. The whole thing last year was MJF was saying, um, "I haven't resigned with AEW yet because I'm holding out for the highest bidder." Basically, I think that was in one of our earlier episodes. Mm -hmm. It was. And uh, when M, uh, not when MJF was asked, but when Tony Khan was asked. He said, I can say that MJF certainly has been a great part of AEW for the first five years and went through those five years. Certainly, he's one of our homegrown stars, or our great homegrown stars, and he's somebody we really value, and I would 
love to have MJF in AEW in the future should the contractual situation allow, end quote. So, judging by the wording of that, maybe he hasn't resigned yet. Well, a lot of people also, a lot of fans, and I've seen this on TikTok, uh, are starting to think this is all, it's all just set up. Just to make everyone think that MJF has left AEW, and then he's going to make a surprise and return sometime later on this year, or something. I don't know. I, I honestly, my opinion on the matter right now is, uh, I honestly don't know. Because this can go either way. This can go with MJF uh, surprising everybody on uh, the main roster of SmackDown or Raw. Because he doesn't seem to be... If Triple H signs MJF, he's not going to put him through NXT. Like, no. he, he's going to do the same thing he did with what he's going to do with Jay Cargill. And that's put them on the main roster. Just surprise during Royal Rumble. I mean, a lot of people are over here going... Oh, MJF may show up at the Royal Rumble, but like we were stating at the beginning of the year, MJF is going to be taking a break from pro wrestling for a little bit because he's recovering from injuries that he sustained for a hard for a hard year in defending the title. I mean, he's held the t AEW title for quite a long time. He's the longest reigning AEW World Champion. That, well, not reigning, but longest one to hold the title so far in the company's history. So. Who knows? I think Tony Khan's just trying to put up a smoke screen and kind of put it on the back burner right now because he's got more things to be worrying about, like the whole thing with Jericho. And whatnot. All right, so we're switch, uh, shifting gears into uh, WWE now. Uh, as it was uh, not for say announced uh, be right before the conclusion of SmackDown last night. But Nick Aldis had made it clear to Paul Heyman after, and I'm going to be somewhat paraphrasing here, after Roman gets done celebrating, uh, tell him congratulations, um, from me, tell him congratulations. And Paul Heyman's like, what for? And he goes, well, Roman has just earned himself a fatal four-way match at the Royal Rumble against those guys that he just took out. Now, Paul's face went from, oh, you know, oh, why am I listening to this guy to, oh, my God. So now it's not only one man that can beat Roman. There's three. And, and they're going to be in the same match. Oh, wasn't there also, like, a, a, a video from the gorilla position? Yes. Immediate. Uh, this, it came out today, actually. A uh, video of, uh, and that's what this new, uh, news article is about right here. Oh, cool. Uh, SmackDown general manager Nick Aldis he was the last one laughing because there was also another video that came out of him leaving the arena going, uh, I hope everyone enjoyed, as he was walking by, I hope everyone in, in attendance enjoyed SmackDown tonight. And right before he uh, continued to walk off, he said, checkmate, Roman. And just walked off. Well, um, Roman must not... Roman's got to be mad at all this. Well, he did in the video. Let me tell you, uh, Paul Heyman informed him of uh, Nick Aldis's decision of making the uh, match, the title match for the for Roman's title, a fatal four-way match. Now, Roman visibly gets angry and uh, kind of pacing a little bit, like, "What? 
what's going on? What am I? What's going to happen? You know. And then uh, he goes. Uh, he asks. Paul Heyman gives him his belt. He looks at the camera and just puts the cam- belt in front of the camera. So they all want it. They all, you know, doing this and just talking under his breath to where I couldn't understand what he was saying. For all I know, he said he could have said, "I want an omelet. I want an omelet." But, um, he then tell, he goes, uh, "Wise man," and you know, Paul Heyman, whimperingly, "Yes, my tribal chief." Just shoves the title into Paul's chest and goes, "Fix it." And then, what can what can Paul then, Heyman do? I don't know, except stand there, and hold the title, and wet his pants at that point. Because Nick Aldis has already made up his mind. He made up his mind. He may try to talk Nick Aldis out of reversing the decision or something like that. Or and then Nick Aldis could do something funny like, "All right, I could do that." It's a triple threat now. No, no, no. Or no. maybe add someone else. No, what he could do is probably add a different, a different. It's, if I was Nick Aldis and Paul Heyman was trying to get his tribal chief or whoever out of a fatal four-way match that would put him at a risk of losing his title, I would simply say, you know what, Paul, you're right. I did ask, uh, act a little harshly by throwing it, it in uh, the Fatal 4-Way. So, I'm going to reverse... I'm, I'm going to go out and talk to the people and reverse that... And, ch- and change that decision. And then go out later that night and ask for the people involved. Of course, AJ Styles, Randy Orton... L.A. Knight and Roman Reigns, and then I would tell Paul, I only want you and Roman Reigns out. I do not want Solo. I do not want Jimmy because it does not concern those two. And then, I mean, I could, I could tell you right now, I could work for WWE, and uh, it'd be simple and easy how I would go about this. I would, I would do what you just said, you know, play Paul Heyman upon this, and. Uh, just flat out just say you know what I'll have you Roman and the three challengers out in the ring and you're right we will discuss this I do not want Jay and I do not want Solo and if they come out or and then if it then Paul says well your tribal chief will want them out uh, out to the ring and then I if I was Nick Aldis, I would simply say, if you do, you're putting your Tribal Chief's title at risk to where I could possibly strip him. Get, and then later that night, everyone's out in the ring and just say, you know, Paul Heyman brought up a good point earlier this evening that I acted too harshly, and you know, I was, I, I have to agree with him. So, Roman, I do apologize for acting too rashly and making such a quick decision on making it a fatal four-way match. So, my decision is I'm going to make it a fatal four-way hell-in-a-cell match or a cage match. Add a different type of match to it that would be a fatal four-way. That way, it can ensure... Solo and Jimmy stay out. So that's why I would say probably more of a cage match rather than Hell in a Cell. Because Hell in a Cell, anything can happen. Cage match, anything can happen as well. 
but I prefer the cage match because everything will stay within the ring. But that would be just me. I wouldn't have a stipulation of, you know, uh, no holds barred or fouls count anywhere because that would mean Solo and Jimmy. Now, and I can't go off and ban them from ringside because they'd find a loophole through that. Going outside of the building or something of that nature or ban them from the building. Couldn't do that because there could be another bloodline member, just a, a brand new one, just popping out of nowhere, just interfering in the match. So, gotta if you're really wanting people to watch this match and just go, oh, Roman's just going to find a way to win, keep the title, and carry it to uh, WrestleMania, where he could possibly lose it to The Rock or Cody Rhodes. Who knows at this point? So, I don't know, but I do like the decision the Fatal 4-Way. I mean, I did call it last night when I said it. I said, hey, this is going to turn out to be a Fatal 4-Way match. Alright. Well, before we continue on, I'm going to go ahead and turn off the news music because that was it for the news that was the last article was uh roman about roman reigns throwing a fit uh there was also another thing that had popped up and it was uh bobby lashley and the street profits talking about uh you okay there yeah you're over here falling over or something <laughs> you falling asleep or something on me yeah i'm being funny oh, okay uh well anyway uh, they had another digital exclusive WWE did, and that was Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits talking about how they got... They weren't uh, happy about getting jumped. They weren't happy at, at all. And then here comes B-Fab coming in, and uh, she no longer had the blonde hair. She had dyed her hair red now, if you notice that. So she comes in and saying and trying to give words of encouragement to these guys. You know, saying, you know, you guys are champions. You guys were made and born to be champions. That's why you guys are together and all this other stuff. So Bobby said, you know what? They had round one. It's our turn. So SmackDown next week, I don't know what's going to happen. We may see a six-man tag match. We may see AOP taking on the Street Profits. We may see Karrion Cross taking on Bobby Lashley. I don't know, but... With this new faction that Karrion Cross has now made, I I I like it. So in the span of one week, we've seen the birth of two factions: Undisputed Kingdom and AEW, and Karrion uh, Cross's faction. So that's the name for now, I guess. I, yeah, until they come up with a a good one. I mean. I'm looking forward to that. All right. Uh, let me take a look here. See if we've gotten any hits yet on voting. Well, no, nothing yet. No, I haven't gotten anything yet, so we'll see. We'll see, because we've gotten more views than anything and only two likes on this video, so I don't know if it's fully getting its uh, share of being uh, of heading around or anything like that. So we'll see. We'll most definitely see what's going on here. Yeah, we've got over 
228 views but no votes it gives me cause of concern a little bit here all right well with that we may have to uh go ahead and head into uh the shout out so we'll get into that give me a second here to get everything set up for that Not sure if my mic will reach over there. No, it's. Uh, you... There we go. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. All right. Get all in position here. There we go. All right. So another episode in the books, like I said earlier, and um, getting ready to kind of just wrap everything up. But uh, we we would be remiss if we did not leave without doing another shout out. Uh, this shout out is going to Russell Talk with uh, Top T. Uh, you can find him on Marking Out Pod at dot. Uh, sorry, I'm saying the thing wrong. MarkingOutPod.com. That's where you can find him at. I've uh, been looking at a lot of his videos. He's get, bringing up pretty good points on uh, anything professional wrestling any promotion across the board um I'm, I'm liking his opinions so uh that's why i follow back on his tiktok he follows us as well uh look for more videos on him because he brings up some pretty good points um whether it be about what's going on with mjf uh what's going whatever's going on with uh the you know the uh the Mercedes Monet watch. That one. Um, Even though that was just the breaking news sound effect. Hey, I'll make news. I, I, I'm, I mean, not make news, but I'll make noise however I can. Yeah! yeah. Anyway, not to take anything away here from, uh, from this follower here, because, I mean, went out of the way to follow us, so we follow him, so... You guys follow uh, follow him. Look him up. Um, go to our page. You'll find him in our uh, followers. And uh, let him know we sent you and enjoy his uh, content. All right. That whole thing with the uh, sounds, huh? You know mm -hmm. I added another one, right? What? Big <laughs> meaty man slapping me. I got that one. Save that for one of them uh, Big E matches. Or Big E match, or anytime I see... <laughs> big meaty man slapping me! You know, I can... Uh, I can combine some of them, too, on this. <laughs> big meaty man slapping me! Yeah! <laughs> big meaty man slapping me! I can go on. I can get more uh, stuff for our soundboard here. Uh... All right, well, we're looking at the uh, clock on the wall, the proverbial clock on the wall, because we really don't have a clock on the wall. We have a clock on my phone, because how else are we recording TikToks, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. The phone was about to, it was low on battery, too, I noticed, while we were recording. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is getting kind of low, because, I mean, um, I mean, we were 
busy doing uh, the recording for our voting, which is going to be open. And it looks like we're getting close to the end of our show. and We haven't gotten any voting results. So the voting voting is still open. Go to our TikTok page, find the video, start following uh, and to get more content from us. But find the video, vote in the comment section on which match you think should be match the first uh, match of the week for the year of 2024. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. If there was a match that was not on the list that you guys think would be potential to be match of the match of the week, I mean, give us your uh, give us your opinion on it. I mean, like right now, Chris, out of those matches, those six matches, which one would you pick as match of the week? Your opinion. I want to say, let's see, F. I got the match. You have the list right here. in front of you. Yeah, we were gonna that we were gonna use for counting them. Uh, the FTR House of Black one was good. Uh, lots of back and forth. Uh, L. L. A. Knight, Randy Orton, and A. J. Styles was another good one. Lots of both of those two matches, the ones I just mentioned. Uh, stakes were high on that one. On one, it was just a title title opportunity. On the other, I think it was something involving uh, Cash. Was it? No, it was not Cash Wheeler's family. It was uh, Dax Harwood's Dax family. Dax Harwood. Uh, I think that it was they had to leave their families or something. Mm-hmm. That was a um, weird stipulation, but I guess it was a stipulation. Yeah. Uh, most of the others here were idle, either title matches or <clears throat> not. I think only two here are not title matches. Tri- okay. That being Trick versus Grayson Waller and FTR and House of Black. Those are the only two that weren't really related to a title. It, it, no, wait. Not even the Trick versus Waller one because that was title opportunity on the line. Right. So. Um, out of. All of them, though. Which one would you pick as match of the week? Just your personal opinion. I'm going to say FTR versus House of Black. FTR versus House of Black. Um, let me see that list again because we had picked so many. It's all. In- oh, I see. In- I see it now. Um, granted, yes, the match that you chose is a great match. I'm going to have to differ with you on this one. Uh, I would have to say the. Uh, Daniel Garcia and Swerve Strickland match, not because just because you had the dance off between Daniel Garcia and Prince. It's just Donna. because of the dance. That off. was that was no, it wasn't because of the dance. It was not because of the dance. It, I mean, the, the dance was a bit of a factor in it, but <laughs> See, he admits but it. it. But it isn't the sole reason why I would pick it to be match of the week, though. You see, I would pick it match of the week because it's showing the up-and-coming wrestlers that could be the face of the company between Daniel Garcia, who has had a really big push this last year, being a singles competitor, and, of course, a big following coming up behind Swerve Strickland here. And it isn't because of Prince Nana's dancing either. It's because he has been a really good in-ring competitor. He has. And people forget he's also got the mogul embassy behind him on this as well. But he does more better with just him by himself and Prince Nana at ringside. I mean, in a way he is, and 
you know, it may be a bit controversial or whatever, woo, but Swerve Strickland could possibly be the way that things are, Roman the Roman Reigns of AEW. Because if you notice, when he goes and has matches, singles matches, it's just him and Prince Nana. There's no Mogul Embassy unless he absolutely needs it. If there's like a faction that's trying to jump him, here comes the Mogul Embassy. But if you've noticed in his last singles matches, he's won them and won them somewhat dirty, somewhat clean. But Mogul Embassy does not come out to the ring. That's the difference between Swerve and Roman Reigns. Also, that Swerve doesn't have a title yet, but he will. And when he does, that's when it will truly be Swerve's house. And... I'll be honest, I'm starting to become a fan of Swerve Strickland because of the not, not only of just the push that he's getting, I mean, he backs it up in the ring. And um, Daniel Garcia, the same goes for him. He was a part of a he was part of a faction, the Jericho Appreciation Society. They broke up. He tried to become more of a singles competitor and try to you know, branch off and do his own thing. And he's done well for himself. He's went up against Hall of Fame talent like Brian Danielson. He's went up against him and had a legendary match with him. You know? Um, And he's had great one-on-one matches. And this one, I think, would be one of them. And that's why I picked the, that match to be match of the week. But that's just my opinion. Okay? That's just my sole uh, one opinion is that match. Now, um, there were some other great matches that were, up, that were up against it. But we had, like we said, we had picked those to be the match. Uh, match of the week um or to be the matches of the night or matches of the night yeah matches of the nights of the nights Eh, no just the match Match, of match ofs match of the nights yeah match ofs you know we'll go with that (laughs) um what is the one big thing that you would want to take away from this first week and not just match wise but anything promo match anything out of all the wrestling we've seen this week uh, what is one big takeaway from this first week of uh, 2024? Uh, as far as news, lots of rumors, if I remember yes. right. I don't remember all the news stories because there, there's so much of it. Yes. Uh, but lots of rumors uh, as far as the this day in history. Uh, something about Wrestle Kingdom? I'm not sure what a lot of Wrestle Kingdom, a lot of uh, a lot of surprising debuts or yeah. uh, wrestlers that have popped up due to Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, you got Nick uh, Namath, also known as Dolph Ziggler, but we call him Nick Namath now, popping up, and then uh, Matt Riddle or Matthew Riddle popping up in New Japan as well. Uh, then of course the rumors of Mercedes Monet. Will she go to AEW? Will she go Monet to WWE? But uh, what is the one key thing that will stand out in your mind for this this past week? Uh, we're back. This was our first full week back. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. Us being back in a new format. 
Um, it was a bit tiresome thinking of us pulling this off uh, on a daily basis, not on a, a weekly basis like we did last year. Uh, we felt uh, we have gone too long in time. The reason being of why we decided to go daily is because of that, because we feel we've put too much content into one episode uh, for a weekly podcast. So we decided let's just go daily. We'll cut our time in half. And so far, so good. I mean, most of our episodes have gone a little past an hour, but that's fine. But only a little. But only a little. Uh, I, and there have been some changes we've had to make, though, because of that, uh, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think it's kind of, you can see those when you compare our old episodes compared to this first week back. Right. Um, I'm sure we can probably have them, like, send an email on which format they preferred. We could have a um, debate going there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we hope you guys enjoyed this week in professional wrestling. If you guys want to message us throughout any of our social media accounts, whether it be Facebook, X, TikTok, or Instagram, let us know what was a moment that stood out for you this week, whether it be our show or uh, the week in professional wrestling from all these promotions. Granted, uh, the one thing, going back to my question, uh, the one thing that stood out to me this week uh, in professional wrestling was, I'm going to have to say, it's it was have to be... The Rock return? The Rock return and saying he wants to sit at the head of the table. Oh, yeah. That, that, that sparks... I mean, WWE has been knocking out of the part these past weeks. You had Randy Orton return at Survivor Series... CM Just Punk a lot return. of big returns and teases. Exactly. So it's like, okay, so we got Cody Rhodes uh, kicking it up, and we got Roman, uh, we got Randy Orton coming back, and we got CM Punk making a big return after 10 years. Now The Rock comes in and says he wants a, a, a match with Roman Reigns. It said, basically, if you boil it down, he wants to be at the head of the table, meaning he wants to challenge Roman Reigns. We'll have to see how that one goes. It could, maybe it'll be at WrestleMania. It'll probably be at WrestleMania, if yeah. if it happens, or maybe SummerSlam. But. Oh, another thing that had stood out this week: the Miz starts out one and zero. He, yeah, he's not defeated anymore. Exactly, he's not going into the year defeated. And then, of course, we've got our truth still thinking he's in the Judgment Day, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, well, that, so far, he's been one of the most productive members of the Judgment Day. Yes, he's doing interviews and doing in-ring uh, competition. So, go f good job, R-Truth. All right. Well. Button. You remember when it used to make that ding sound effect? Yeah. Doesn't anymore. Why is that? Ah, because I, I made it that way. Oh, It'd be funny if you had it still make that noise. Yeah. Would be funny. You should make it to where it still makes that noise. <laughs> yeah. Or replace it with a different error sound effect. Can you replace it with a different error sound effect? No, I couldn't. Oh. Uh, I mean, I could replace the sound effect with... Uh, you know, every time I screw up... Uh, I can't get this to work. Uh, I can't get... Uh, it. Uh, 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 I can't get it to work. Okay, I think I've driven a lot of people listening to our show crazy all right so with that we're gonna go ahead and uh end it there i wonder if the sound effects were too loud because i'm looking at the the, the wavy thingy oh yeah with, with the sound noises and 
fun. All right. Well, week one of 2024 in the books. Done. Said and said and over with. I feel pretty good about it. Seemed tiring, but it wasn't. We were able to get a lot accomplished in this week. So, uh, we got, got a lot accomplished this week. We got it. We did. <laughs> with the Tony Khan eye. Oh, yeah, with the Tony Khan. We got a lot accomplished, and I didn't have to be in fear for my life. Oh, my God. That, that just kind of seems to be an ongoing thing no, with no, the no. show. There, just here, making fun of one. Tony Khan. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I know we're picking on him, and there are times his eyes are not that big whenever he talks. It's just, we've just seen that most. Chris, where can they get a hold of us on our email? Crosspromopod at gmail.com. All right, for the Cross Promo Podcast, I'm Kevin. And I'm Chris. We We gone. gone. You know what? One thing that would probably make Tony Khan's eyes go really big. What? Big meaty man slapping me. Yeah!